Hej Svein Fan er Johansson Good morning Good morning uh, We just talked about how you pronounce your name in, in Icelandic Because you're from Iceland, right? Yes Yeah. But you've been in, living in Norway for ages, right? Yes, we moved to Norway in the 80s Oh wow, yeah, yeah. In the early 80s Yeah so you're more Norwegian than than anything, because how old how old are you? May I ask? Well, I I was five, yeah, when we moved, and uh, that was eighty two. Yeah. So I guess you can figure. Yeah, it out. I figured it out. And uh, and uh, I've been living in Norway since, but also quite a number of years in Germany, about seven. Yeah. In between. Yeah. But th- that was after after. After you were grown up, so yes. to say, yeah. You, yeah. Did you study? You no, you studied in Leipzig, right? Yes, I studied yes. at the art academy there. Yeah, how is that one? Was because there was a famous Leipzig school, but that was in the eighties. Uh, well, there's been uh, a couple of them actually. So I guess when I arrived in two thousand and three, it was what they called the new Leipzig school, yeah. sort of the second wave yeah. um, of uh, painters breaking through. Um, in a new time after the wall mm. <laughs> came down and uh, and, and uh, the country was united again yeah. and um, and that really happened or peaked I guess around 2005 2006 yeah. I think yeah, yeah. but, but th- that said I mean most of the artists at the art academy in Leipzig are not painters yeah so um so get this big painter stamp without, uh, maybe. Yeah, I think a little bit. I mean, definitely from from people who are not very familiar with that art scene, mm. they would uh, associate it with the painter scene, I guess. Um, mm. And um, and when that said, also a lot of uh, good and successful artists uh, came out of the same time um, without touching <laughs> a brush a brush yeah <laughs> or, or you know not yeah. being able to mix the colors right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all those yeah. things yeah. Uh, you um, as I said you don't have you don't paint that much right no you I do a lot of different things but not, not painting yeah, right I, I, I have never painted no I uh, uh. Um, seems just so far away from me uh. Uh, but I'm dreaming about it. Yeah, yeah. Picking up the brush and yeah. <laughs> getting the canvas like yeah. sideways in, in the doors because it's so yeah. huge. Yeah, 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 or maybe yeah. like even have to break the wall or yeah, door yeah. a little bit to get it in. <laughs> Cut out a small extra yeah. hole. For yeah. yeah, beautiful. Uh, also, but you're, you're, I think your base choice or your the, the the choice of your medium is would probably be photography right the one that kind of is the most uh, uh, not the only one but uh, the base yeah that's that's the also what brought me to the arts and to to studying art and um, it's been uh, like you say a base for a lot of different approaches um, to the yeah. medium and uh, to producing different types of works. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So you studied uh, which year again in Leipzig? I was there from two thousand three to two thousand nine. I actually did my disputes on twenty third of January two thousand nine. Oh well, yeah, yeah. So we oh, but that's half the year. So so you graduated not at the end of the. Uh, that's actually the end of the semester. 
in yeah. Germany? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so they do it differently. Then. Yeah. yeah. And after that, there will come something they called uh, Vorlesungsfreie Zeit, which is yeah. sort of the time where you don't have any lectures, yeah. which is like a couple of months, almost two and a half months, I think, yeah. or three even. So then you start like the summer semester at some point, which yeah. goes until July. And then you have in, you know, the winter semester, which goes until January, February. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you also start then in, you started also in January then? I started in October. So, oh, so you do, do start in the, in the fall. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, so you, you studied there quite, you did Diplom, or how, how is it called in, in German? Yeah, yeah, Diplom, yeah. Yeah, and that's done five years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have, like in the Netherlands, we had like the first year, like this proper Duitse year, like the like a, a communal year where everybody was still not certain which direction you want to go. How does it work in Germany? You knew what to start with straight away, or was it, is there like an introduction year? Or yeah, no, you start uh, sort of straight away. Well, uh, you are in in a class of about twenty people, I think, and um, it's uh, divided into uh, disciplines. So I was. Yeah, so you had to choose discipline. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. You you choose that when you apply. Actually, so you sort okay. of have to apply for yeah. for a department and. Um, I was in the department of photography. Yeah. So we had classes together uh, with my group, like my year or yeah. yeah. And um, the first year, or I think maybe even the two first years, we also did did um, quite a number of mixed courses together with people from the other departments of like Medienkunst, um, uh, they called it, and the yeah. painters yeah. and. Um, and uh, some of these uh, courses are ob obligatory and some you choose yeah. so, so, so which, which one did you like best um well i did uh, quite a number of technical things that you have to do or uh, you know in order to get into the you probably know this from 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 your job and i mean in order to get access to the yeah, equipment to the, yeah you need to do quite uh, a number of technical courses i yeah. did like these film workshops and uh, also did some um um, uh, in design workshops and things yeah. like that, and um, and then you have uh, all all the time you have the, like these theory uh, seminars and uh, courses that you also have to fill up your quota with. Yeah, but you can choose kind of freely uh, over the years. Yeah, which which is what. What what was the one you enjoyed most then? Well, I, I enjoyed a number of them, um, but I, because you have to every semester there will come this book, yeah, and in this book there will be a presentation of the courses available for that particular semester. Yeah. So from these courses you can sort of put yeah, together yeah, pick, your own. Yeah, yeah you can. Choose, you have to yeah. put t yeah. put together your own schedule, and nobody will tell you to do that. Yeah. So if you don't do it. Then, then, uh, <laughs> then you just don't do it, <laughs> uh, and um, uh, it's maybe also worth to mention that um, people tended to study a bit longer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> once they were into the academy, they, they tended to stay yeah, there yeah. for. I mean, some people would stay there for ten years. I think, yeah. uh, sort of being still being a student, not being exmatriculated, yeah. and sort of going to courses use, using the workshops and yeah. um, like a soft start so to say yeah well I mean in a way 
uh, a soft start, sort of never taking that that choice, yeah, leap, uh, and and also enjoying the benefits of being a student. Uh, I guess with the you know, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, cheaper bus fares or <laughs> yeah, things <laughs> things like that. You know, the library access and workshops and uh, yeah, and some contact with professors, yeah. uh, mentors. Yeah. How, how did you end up in Leipzig? That's um, a very logical. Yeah, um, it was a coincidence, but not entirely. Um, I was thinking a bit about how to pursue my uh, artistic career, and um, really wanted to study abroad. Yeah. And um, I remember also being in New York at some point and visiting some of the schools there. Yeah. Um, coming back to Norway, I realized this is not going to work. I mean, I didn't really understand how I was going to come up with that amount of money yeah. that you have to pay. Yeah. And um, and also, obviously, living, living costs and uh, things like that, which is... Um, different very different from the Norwegian school system yeah so um, I also had some contact with some schools in England but they didn't really um, they didn't uh, turn you on no no um, and uh, maybe also for another reason because they would also be eager to get um, uh, Norwegian students because of the school money that they yeah. would pay yeah sort of finance the system so um, and then you had um, a person actually uh, a German uh, moved to Norway at some point and yeah. I got to know him a little bit and he recommended Leipzig oh, yeah. as a school and he had himself studied in uh, in Essen yeah. uh, at the uh, art academy there and um, and uh, so I applied yeah yeah Cool. How was it to come down there? And did you have to go down for like this uh, this kind yeah. of uh, trial? Yeah, yeah. I had to uh, to apply, and then there was uh, some sort of second um, attempt where you where some people get invited to to do some assignments over a couple of weeks. Yeah. And and these assignments, I think I think I maybe had two weeks or something. Yeah. Um, so you had to go down for those two weeks. Uh, no, that was after I had to go down uh, to present them and okay. for an interview with uh, with the committee. Yeah. Okay, so you get like you get an assignment, you do it, and then you yeah. down and, and, and then, then you present them. Yeah. Okay. So I went down there. Yeah. And uh, was it just for for the for the foreign students? Did no, they no. Did it like that? Or was for everyone? Like yeah, that? yeah, for yeah. everyone. Yeah. It's not. I mean, I must maybe also mention that it's not very very much. Um, it's not an international school, no. uh, so there there's not many foreign students. Mm. Well, I mean, there's German-speaking students, basically, yeah. from Austria and Switzerland a lot, and yeah. also from Germany. Yeah, but not from Norway that much. <laughs> not really, <laughs> not that no. much, but... Uh, so, you... you there must have been also like a, a language barrier for you then, or did you speak German to start with? Yeah, I spoke a little bit, and um, I also uh, did... Um, when I realized I was going to start there I did uh, quite uh, an effort yeah, um, to, mm. to learn uh, to learn it and um, I also had to do this uh, test I don't remember the name is it a TOEFL test 
uh, or that's maybe only the English uh, name for it, uh, had to do a, a language test to prove that I uh, that could. It was adequate. In yeah, yeah, that I could, that I could uh, start there. And um, this test they um, had at the Goethe Institute in, yeah. in, in, uh, in Oslo, so yeah. I did that as well. The one in Greenland, right? Yeah. Is it? I think it moved. Or is it still there? Uh, anyways, not so important. Mm. Yeah. So you. Oh yeah. So you. Yeah. You had to really commit to it then, no? to uh, to moving language and uh, and but you really knew you wanted want to pursue photography or was it? Uh, well, yeah. It was. I mean, um, the medium that I used when I'm. I mean. I made my portfolio, my application, mm-hmm. and so I, I, I mean that's also my only way. I couldn't have, uh, I couldn't have applied for a sculpture department or um, no. or any other department because I wouldn't have any have works. Have <laughs> so um, um, and um, but it also was important that it was um, at an art academy because mm. yeah, yeah. There you there's, have a sort of there's a different type of photography there yeah, yeah. and yeah. you also have the mix of uh, yeah, um, all the other yeah. departments and uh, yeah you're gonna hang out with the painters even though you don't <laughs> pick up a brush right yeah <laughs> or with the sculptors or yes of course yeah, yeah. Well, of course that is very important no there's a di- there's a difference in in, in mentality of course uh, so so um yeah so you came to leipzig and I, I've never been to Leipzig. I really want to go, but I haven't been there. What kind of town is it? Because it's it's pretty old parts of it, right? Or is it? And it's been it's been behind the wall for a long time, of course. So uh, it was probably pretty run down in a way. Or what kind of town is it? Um, well, it's uh, quite a big town. I think it's the biggest town um, in the former Eastern Germany. Pretty sure of it, and. Um, it used to be even much bigger, um, but after the Second World War, I think that things changed a bit, uh, and um, and a lot of the industry got destroyed, mm. and um, some of the some of it maybe also moved back to Russia, mm. um, and. Um, and people moved, you know, left, and also um, the city started shrinking, so you have a lot of space. Yeah. And um, that's one of the good things when you're a student, for example, you can come yeah. to a town and there's, I mean, there's space for for galleries, for, yeah, for low-cost studios, yeah. apartments, yeah. parties, things like that, yeah. and you have like this sort of... Um, um, after the war, ambient trashed feeling, yeah. uh, which is um, seducing you a little bit, I guess. And and uh, but when I arrived, this was all about to change. Yeah. And you you noticed also over the years that um, more and more investors were coming into town, uh, renovating, yeah. tearing down buildings, putting up mostly like cheap low-cost houses on empty lots mm-hmm. and and things like that um, and um, I, th- I think there's been a huge change now the last 10 years yeah yeah 
Um, I mean, you've seen it in Berlin as well, I would say. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But I mean, you you can't really uh, compare those cities anyway. I mean, although people try, no, <laughs> it doesn't no, really make no, sense. No, no. Um, yeah. But it's only I mean I mean it's only an hour away mm. of the train, so yeah. that's crazy. It's a bit yeah. too close, actually. Ah. that's pretty crazy. Yeah, no, I thought it was further away. It's just two hundred kilometers. Yeah. Yeah, and two hundred kilometers in Germany is is here Norway that would be three and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> By horse, by no, by car, because <laughs> all the winding roads and you can only do eighty and whatnot. But uh, yeah, so Germany, right? So uh, but you feel felt that was the right choice, or you you thought you kind of got out of there, like um, when I came, you mean? When I arrived there, or yeah, when you arrived there, um, and when you yeah. I think I, it was definitely a big adjustment. Also, uh, not only because of the language, mm. but also because of the system. It's very different from what you're used to in Norway. There's another type of hierarchy. Yeah. And uh, and and it's not so uh, and 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 also stronger bureaucracy. Yeah. And uh, in a way, strict rules that you don't really understand always coming from Norway. Why do we have to do it this way? And and um, so it, it took quite a while to adjust um, and to understand those things and and uh, but after a while you know you also start just um, everything just glides into normal every day yeah and from from that point on you're just doing you're just working and you have a lot to do and yeah. uh, and all of a sudden you're you're out because um, you know when I went through your portfolio there's a lot of of these things you collect like these details you collect right did you start doing that there already or is it something you developed later no I started I mean uh, I started collecting things already before I started studying um, for example I would collect images yeah. from newspapers or magazines I would cut them out or tear them out and mm. just leave them in boxes things like that mm. um, because, because there's a certain collectivism a collectorism in your work I would say where you know there's this searching for you know for these similarities for these uh, uh, if I say it right I right, could be completely wrong no no it's uh, it's been some some works uh, very much based on um, collecting mm. objects or images um, which in a way are also objects but mm. in a different way and um, and some of these projects are are usually just ongoing yeah and maybe they're not even projects they're just out of interest for something some when thing, it yeah, yeah when it comes to images it's just because I find them interesting somehow mm-hmm. visually or or uh, um, content based or uh, where they're from mm-hmm. um, and I just keep them mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes it turns out that there's enough material to, yeah, to, to actually uh, use it mm-hmm. uh, or put it into a body of work yeah because you need a certain quantity to for it to make make sense or to for it to start portraying you, a story yeah. or uh, 
You don't need you. You need more than ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that the rule? No, I'm just joking. I think. Uh, um, there, there's there might be a certain pseudo scientific tone to some of these projects because I yeah. mean, if you're doing science, you definitely definitely would would need more than ten yes items to yes. prove something. <laughs> yes. But as an artist, I can take take yeah. the liberty of yeah. maybe seven. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna be right. <laughs> if I say it's right, it's right, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. But uh, but yeah, so you're you're also a co- collector then, like you know, like collecting stuff then next to it. Do you do you use that? You know, as as they sometimes transform into work. Do you? Uh, what kind of role do they take? Is it is just kind of this memory, or this this this. Uh, um, I'm al- I'm always very interested in this collecting part. Yeah, as you see, I collect a lot of stuff too, and and <laughs> and there is this this idea of the object and the object that stands for something symbolic, but also something physical, and like the combination of objects which create an an atmosphere, and that atmosphere, kind of the curating that atmosphere, I think is quite interesting. Kind of how objects kind of define. The atmosphere you 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 move around in, and and uh, uh, how you can kind of change it and and control that through through objects you collect or through through ideas that you collect. Or do you feel do you feel something similar with it, or or what is what is your drive to collect or to? Um, I think it's related a lot to the idea of an archive, hmm. and uh, also not using it maybe in a traditional way but using it f- using it using it for things that you normally wouldn't put into an archive mm-hmm. um and that's the one thing and the other thing is the thing you mentioned before is putting things into a context mm. by having um many of them mm-hmm. and um th- th- this collection then gives light to an idea that wasn't there before um, but I must also say I haven't been collecting that many objects yeah. but with objects I also mean like a, a paper clip or, or yeah. a digital file or yeah yeah because uh, that's the transition yeah. tra- transition that happened about uh, 10 years ago I, I quit collecting these clippings but yeah. I, I only collect the dig- digital files yeah um, which is another way of browsing through things. Um, and I also don't really look for things, yeah. but I collect them as I see them or as I go As along. they approach you, yeah. So you're not, you're not chasing up, no. you're just more encountering them and then just... Yeah, yeah. I mostly do um, I would say from pa- browsing through newspapers, yeah. you know, online newspapers, for example. And, um, and if I would need to extend that collection I wouldn't mind searching yeah. you know if it comes to a point where okay I can use this or I can work with it but I need to search for more mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with going through the New York Times yeah it's not a it's not a principle thing it's just no. kind of a, a, a method mm. yeah huh. maybe it's also even a lack of me- method yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but that, you know it's 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 accepting kind of how that goes and, and with that uh, you use it for whatever it's worth but um, yeah so so 
yeah what I wanted to ask because you you like to collect digital um, but when you started studying there was a transition between the analog and the, and the digital photography right mm -hmm. so uh, did you make the switch to the digital there or did you keep on doing the or did you start a digital I don't know or did you shoot analog and are you still shooting analog um, at that point during the studies we were all basically shooting analog yeah and the digital cameras started started to come mm -hmm. but they were also quite expensive mm -hmm. and the quality was not very good mm -hmm. so I definitely bought my first uh, digital compact camera you know s around 2005 or something yeah 2004 um, yeah that was about the switch point yeah and would you use, use it just for fun or for sketches yeah um, and I also remember selling like my contacts T3 and selling um, a lot of my um, uh, 35 millimeter equipment yeah before I think I, I sold all of that before I moved to back to Norway. Okay. Yeah. And I kept, uh, but I kept my uh, Mamiya Seven Two. Yeah. What is that? It's a medium view format camera. Yeah. Which I've used, which I used used then, and haven't used it for quite some years. Huh. Many many years, but I uh, I want to use it. Yeah. yeah I'm not yeah, selling it. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't be worth selling it, probably, you know, because th the money you would get for it, you know, doesn't really. I think you can also get actually get some. Uh, yeah, but still, then yeah. even if you get good money for it, you know, you have to put it in a different camera, and you don't get uh, access to that kind of possibility of of that kind of yeah. imagery. Yeah, that's what I mean. But I think that's exactly maybe the problem or um, even the, um, the case for many uh, artists or mm. art students because the quality you get from a, from that kind of camera mm. you can get from a digital camera but mm. not from one you can afford mm. so that's sort of the problem where you know back in those days you could yeah. save up some money and you could get the best camera in the world and yeah. you can also have it the rest of your life yeah but now yeah, you have to update. You have, you have to, to update, yeah. and and the good cameras are extremely expensive, yeah. and um, and uh, things are changing, and yeah. uh, so it's a different situation. Yeah. Mm, yeah. No, because I I remember I switched to digital as fast as I could. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, but also also you know what you mentioned er earlier is the the idea of browsing through like archive and through things and. And uh, um, you know, there's there's a strength in quantity, you know, in in this kind of vast amount of information, and you can com go search for for in a very comfortable way. You can search for you know for interest or for for things you want to pursue further. And I think the digital camera, in that sense, is a more useful tool. Uh, so uh, since I'm not a photographer, I use a lot of photography, but I'm not a photographer in that sense. You know, so. Uh, um, but do you feel kind of how because I sometimes feel that photographers take take this uh, um, quality thing uh, uh, that it, become, it becomes uh, too much on a pedestal maybe 
And, and that that maybe could be also the case that you haven't used that camera in a while because you know there's such a ritual and such a mindset kind of attached to that process that it kind of might turn you off in a way. Um. Mm. No. <laughs> well, I think I, I, I've been trying to do quite quite different projects all the time. So I, usually I start with an idea that I want to develop. Yeah. And at some point I need to figure out how how to present this idea or display it visually yeah. or make it into form. And that's where the... Um, the choice comes. Yeah, the choice yeah. of the technical aspects or materials will come in later. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so, for example, f- for some projects, recent project, I have, uh, there has been no need for that kind of quality, so yeah. then I don't use it. Yeah. And I have some ideas that I want, want to pursue, but they've been lying on, on my desk for yeah. five or six years, and yeah. maybe I hope to do them sometime. Yeah. Or it's a signal that they're not really good ideas. Well. But that still doesn't mean that you might still have to do them just to get them out of your system. So you can, because uh, I often experience with these ideas which lay around for years and years and years. You know, uh, I think most artists have that where they they have like this sh- you know shelved ideas which they want to do, uh, but you know, you never get around to it because you never have an urgency to do it. You know, there's a lack of urgency. But I don't think there's a lack of of if it's good or bad or anything like that. I really. I think it's the urgency that kind of determines often if you can allocate time to it. But I also think kind of if you don't kind of do them, uh, even though it might be a bad project, you know, you also don't develop that side further and and can maybe do do like a good project after that one. So I think it's also on a psychological level. I think it's these safety stops, you know, where you kind of. Uh, there's a potential there you know you're gonna fail a bit but maybe after that you'll be able to to reach like what you really wanted to do because don't you find that sometimes you start doing a project like that and then you come on the sidetrack and suddenly you know everything starts to make sense as well and you understand okay you know this was just a gateway to to that one I totally agree but sometimes also um there's a reason for um, not pursuing an idea, and it might be because it has some some aspects, or an part of it is uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So you don't really, so you're sort of hesitating to actually go through with it. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. You know, that uncomfortableness. That that is a I say a growth growth moment. To to say cheesy, right? Because in that uncomfortableness, there lies the potential right but uh, yeah you're absolutely right sometimes it's maybe better to <laughs> do something else yeah. <laughs> a podcast yeah for example <laughs> uh, well the, I don't see the podcast as an extension of my art practice what so I'm so disappointed yeah I know I know now that would be really kind of dysfunctional if I would approach it like that I'd say no but it is an extension of the of the artistic field but it's not an it's not an artistic project that makes sense yeah that's a good segue maybe to books right because you you um, you have uh, you dabble in books if I can say it like that yeah I'm cooking cooking you're cooking books, books yeah <laughs> literally uh, but 
because um, you have a you have your forlock or your your um, what's the English word again? The publishing, publishing. Uh, like a, no, it's not really a publishing house. I think it's what you call a small press. The small right? press, yeah, yeah. Or uh, um, yeah, you could call it a publisher, but not a publishing house. Yeah, because that publishing house would be ginormous, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah, a small press publisher. Something like that, yeah. Uh, Small press self publisher. Self publisher, yeah. But you, well, yeah. Well, the self publishing thing, because you also, of course, produce your own books, right? Or do Um, you. I, to this day, I've only published my own works. Yeah. Um, There's been a couple of other things I've been working on with people. Yeah. That we were supposed to publish and then those projects have been hijacked by other other or yeah or we, or we sort of actually have given given them to other bigger uh, publishers yeah. and uh, i think there's maybe one coming up at some point yeah or two uh, but, but no stress i'm not stressing it no no, no that's <laughs> that's that's very important yeah. but but um how do you get into the books I was actually thinking about it the other day and um, uh, trying to trace it back a little bit and um, I realized I actually started doing some books I think in the end of the 90s mm-hmm. or early 2000 before I started at the Art Academy in Leipzig and um, uh, what we what I would do is I was um, I was working as an, as, as an assisti- assistant for a photographer yeah and I could use ho- all his equipment. So he had, he had an inkjet printer and a computer and all those things and a scanner, wow, flex tight yeah. scanner, and and I would print, um, print uh, the images, the photographs on his inkjet printer, and then I would go to a copy shop, and sort of spiral bind them as books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so these were the first. Do you still have them? I think I have some of them, yeah. Cool. These were the first attempts to sort of do, yeah, uh, uh, some kind of publishing or some kind of some book, kind yeah, of some collection publishing. Of. But it it was just, I think it's it came from from the situation that you're in. I mean, you you're taking images, pictures, photographs, but what do you do with them? Yeah. Because you're not having any shows. Yeah. You're not printing them in newspapers or in magazines. They're just for you in a way. So, when you make a book, you make something out of it, something yeah. um, that yeah, yeah. feels better than just having them Lying on the contact sheets yeah, yeah. or, like in a in a box. Yeah, they get as a purpose. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So th- so those were the first books, and then um, in in Leipzig, I did quite a number of books together with uh, some fellow colleagues. We did. Um, I mean, the first book we did was actually like a class project. Uh, we did a book together, and uh, everybody had ten pages or something, uh-huh. and uh, you were supposed to do a project for those ten pages. Yeah, to fill them. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. and uh, and this was the first book we did, and we printed actually Offset printed it mm-hmm. in an edition of thirty. Oh wow, that's a very, very... Yeah. So everybody got one copy and there yeah. was one extra. Yeah, oh. something like that. Yeah. And then a year later we did the project uh, with about 10 people together. 
same concept in a way. I think everybody had 10 pages and you did sort of like a project mm. for those 10 pages. It was not about displaying your artworks or your paintings or something you're supposed to sort of create mm -hmm. something uh, that would fit onto those 10 pages. And then when I um, graduated, I also did another one of those together yeah. with seven or eight people. It's quite a nice, it, it's like a mini exhibition actually, in a way, yeah. in, a, in a different way. Yeah, they are, uh, I think they're also very confusing uh. Uh, products because you have uh, about 10 people, you know, clashing together. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Very different ideas, very different materials, very different aesthetical choices. Hmm. So it's not so easy. I don't think it's it gets easy very for eclectic. No? Yeah, it's mm. not easy for an audience to relate to it. Um, mm. But I mean, they're still around. I mean, they're somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but um, yeah, but so after after the academy, you started formalizing it for yourself that you were or identifying with with being a self publisher or. No, I mean, those three products, books we did, uh, I mean, one of them, we got the gallery to publish uh, for us or uh, to start to, to, you know, stand as a publisher and with mm -hmm. the show in that gallery as well. Mm -hmm. um, and the second one, we sort of didn't think about mm. publishing it. I mean, so I guess it's what book. you call yeah. it self-published. You know, everybody yeah. got everybody got twenty copies each, yeah. something like that, and we would just give them away, and or we, s we actually sold some of them at some sort of event. Yeah. Um, and um, then when I uh, moved back to Oslo in two thousand nine, I started on a book project, yeah. which was the first uh, independent book. Yeah. Why did you move back? Um, uh, it was time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but you could have moved on somewhere else as well. Yeah, well, then I'd been almost six years in Germany, so uh, yeah, it was. Um, it was good to you know come back. Uh -huh. um, yeah. yeah, and uh, also to to uh, attempt being a part of the local art scene. Yeah, in Oslo. Uh, because yeah, that, of course, if you leave leave the country and do somewhere somewhere else, you you are somehow disconnected a bit from from what's happening. Yes, yeah. you are. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, unlike most people, I also studied the whole time abroad because yeah. that doesn't really make sense. What yeah. makes sense is to do, you know, the bachelor part abroad or the master abroad, yeah, exactly. and you know, the other part mm. in Norway and sort of be a part of that network and mm. um, and uh, the local discourse. But, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's when I started working on the the first real independent book, and uh, then I worked with a publisher uh, yeah. because um, Leif Magne Tangen, yeah, who uh, who um, is at the Tromsø Kunstforening yeah. at the moment, he knew about this publisher starting up called Teknisk Industri, yeah, and told me to uh, to reach out to them and uh, and um, it wasn't really for a particular reason but it's just this idea of okay when you do a book you you should have a publisher and mm. 
and um, yeah, it's a very weird idea but it's uh, that makes sense because then they can you know get it distributed into their network and things like that but um, would you say like the distribution is the most important part of that um i think it depends on what you want to do um and um if you want to make a book for the small edition of 100 mm-hmm. and give it to your friends mm-hmm. and colleagues you don't need a publisher mm-hmm. um, if you want your book to be in every bookstore in the country you have to have a big publisher then you need yeah. to have a publisher that can accomplish that for you mm-hmm. um, and um, if you want to be a part of uh, a brand or a certain visual aesthetic or a certain content mm. then you need to go to the publisher that represents that, that oh. for you or or in the art world or the mm-hmm. or which field you're working in so i guess that's often yeah clears itself i mean the content will sort of decide what and how what to do with your book i think and a lot of people also ask me about uh, um, where should I? I mean, where should I publish my book? Do you want to publish it? And mm-hmm. then I ask him. So, what's the purpose what? of the book? Mm-hmm. And then it's this and this and this. And then, well, maybe you should ask those guys because they're really into that. Mm-hmm. Or I, I'm not the right person for that. I mean, mm-hmm. um, because I cannot give you what you need, or or, or yeah. you're not interested, or yeah, yeah. I mean, or what I can give you, <laughs> you don't want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but that was also, I mean, that was the first independent, sort of big, quite expensive production. What was the title of the book? Um, It was A Narrow Scene of Hypothetical Circumstances. And um, it was also the book where we tested a lot, because the technical industry was also kind of new. It was the third or fourth book they published. It was my first book. So I was also reaching out to a lot of people with that book to sort of get it into... Yeah, into bookstores and into distribution. And yeah, so so you you took it on yourself to call bookstores and call yeah, yeah, I was writing, yeah, writing a lot of people mailing and them, uh, yeah. mailing them, and you know, every time I would be somewhere like uh, in a town with, would with knock a bookstore, I would be there, talk to them, yeah, uh, things like that. Um, so, how did you, what kind of re- reactions did you get from that? Because um, are they you know are they interested are they polite are they yeah they're usually polite and uh, you know it's a normal some don't answer mm-hmm. some answer politely and some are interested mm-hmm. and uh, yeah mm. it's just the usual <laughs> what you what you could uh, expect yeah and how does Ex- it expect. how does it work then they buy like a certain number of copies from you no or they have it in the store and when they sell you get a you get your cut. Yeah, most most of these art uh, art run uh, or artist run or art related bookstores, yeah, they would take it um, as a commission. Yeah, so they would take, so I mean, three copies or five. Yeah, and uh, and then if they sell it, you will. Yeah, they will get a cut. You get a cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And usually, I mean. That's also the weird part of that system is that there's no really good solution to this, so it's mm-hmm. very hard to get money back <laughs> yeah. often. And also, we're talking about 
sometimes really really small amounts yeah because three books that's yeah two, 600 parameters or or, yeah, or, or even or, less yes, yeah. mm. so you know the effort to sort of pay it back to the artist wouldn't be worth it for the bookstore mm -hmm. but then again if they do this with hundreds of people there's a lot of money there's a lot of money mm. and then you have this whole weird thing going on where uh, you know mm. yeah yeah. So some, I mean, some uh, some are better than others. Some bookstores mm -hmm. are really good, mm -hmm. and some are worse. And and sometimes you also just don't sell your books. Mm -hmm. So and then that's okay. And yeah. Then you get them back at some point, or what do they no, do? No, usually they're just there. Yeah. yeah. Till the end of times. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, like uh, until the bookstore uh, will, you know clear out or clear out and yeah. they will have like this bag sale yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it's gone yeah huh, but that's interesting because that that also because uh, uh, i'm quite interested in this publishing part yes I'm, I'm starting dabbling a bit into it too and and uh, but i also see it as in like an additional strategy for for us artists to to uh, get a small side income you know uh, uh, yeah, because if you make like a nice book and you have an opening and you you present it there and you sell it, you know, you can actually make some extra, extra cash here and there also as an as a as a means to, um, yeah, to support what you're doing and and uh, and but much more important to own your own platform. I think that's also a very kind of important part of of this idea of self-publishing and and stuff like that. But um, but that basically what you're saying is it's it's financially I mean it's it's good for your ego to put it in the stores but financially it doesn't really make sense. Um, I think it really depends on the type of artwork you're doing, the type of books, mm. because I think that some and and who you are as a person. Yeah, course, I mean yeah. s some people are really popular, yeah. just likable, nice yeah. human beings. Yeah and um, um, will be supported by, you know, a broad selection of other nice people. Yeah. And um, it also depends on the type of art, because some mm. art is also more likable, sure. and it's easier to sort of uh, flip. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's, and uh, I've come to the conclusion about my own works that they are narrow. Yeah. And it's for a specific audience. It's yeah. for a very, mm. very specific audience. And um, I'm really relaxed about that now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and I also see that there are some bookstores that I don't give my books to anymore. Yeah. Because it doesn't make any sense. Because yeah. nobody that goes into that bookstore will be interested. Will yeah. be interested. Or like within f five years, maybe three books will yeah. be sold. And then it doesn't make sense for me, and it doesn't make sense for the bookstore. No. So I'm trying to sort of pin it down to to some bookstores that I know yeah. they so they actually sell. People come there, yeah. and that's where I want to be. Yeah. And that so you're basically narrowing down. Okay, what is my audience? Yeah, and how do I find my audience? I'm trying to do that, but I also do not really. I don't mind uh, having books, you just know, around. Yeah, I, for example, I. I uh, there's sometimes you know when I'm in uh, in a town where I have a book I know I have it I can I mean the books I see it's still there yeah and it's like okay it's five years yeah sold one copy yeah 
Uh, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I can also have it in my basement. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but it can also just be there, and maybe somebody somebody, somebody will pick sees it, up it some or reason. likes it or yeah. start searching for it. And some of my books are also like a narrow scene of hypothetical circumstances yeah. is almost sold out. Yeah. So there's not very many copies left. So at some point, you know, I would like to have them back. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's okay. Um, no, but it's a very slow way of distributing uh, distributing the works. Yeah, it anyway. is. Yeah. And um, I also guess, I mean, if you want to earn money, like you say, I guess it's good if the edition is big. You know, the bigger the edition, the the smaller the produ- are the, the cost, costs, yeah. so the obviously. Mm. But then again often you end up with a lot of books yeah there's yeah. not that much demand actually yeah. so so it's not so easy i think mm-hmm. um but if you're doing i mean if you're not doing for example offset if you're sort of printing them uh, uh digitally mm-hmm. like if you have access to a low-cost Digital process yeah. then you might be able to mm-hmm. to you know get back some costs but also depending on the time you put in obviously yeah. if you're some of my books are very, very time-consuming to make, so yeah. um, I'm not sure <laughs> if I'm gonna <laughs> get any anything ec- economic yeah. <laughs> ec- economically um, benefits from those. No, no, the thing is, you know, like I'm, I, I just find that side also interesting with it because we often, when we produce these kind of books, or you know, when artists do this, they, it's. Um, it's a, it's a, a, I say a love story. You know, they kind of you do it out of passion. You do it out of because you need and want to do it. So, it, in a sense, it's a, it's a ego thing. I don't mean a negative, yeah, but it's a, it's a way of expressing. You know, you could put the money in making like an artwork, which would be in your, your storage, or you could make it into a book, and you know, it would be in, in your storage, or yeah, for example, or they could be distributed both of them. Yeah, but. Uh, um, but it's interesting to see if there's a, uh, you know, if that can also be used as a tool for, you know, to kind of just kind of spreading the risk of being an artist, you know, where you get like small amounts of income from different corners of your practice. So you're not kind of dependent on, on, uh, on either stipends or sales of a specific work or, or stuff like that. So that is the, the bigger thought, you know, that's what, that's, that's what I'm become a bit interested in lately, kind of to see how you can spread out all these different things, how you can own your platform. That's why I have a podcast because I can own mm. my own platform. Yeah, and uh, and so an extension for that is also a publishing thing, and then you know that maybe extend into something else again. But just this idea that that you uh, uh, yeah that you control these things. But, but what I find interesting is exactly this distribution part, kind of yeah, because making we're all good at making, but how to get the stuff out there and, uh, and uh, what you answered a bit kind of how you specific specify uh, how to get to a smaller audience but you don't sell your books online I or? yeah I do through my uh, through a web page yes, you can so, you yeah. can order them there yeah. um, and you just send you a mail and say I want to order that copy or is there like a click yeah there's even that. a click very yeah. easy um, and uh, I would ship it yeah, yeah. and uh, but it's not really much going on there. No, no, and also the yeah, yeah. The the shipping costs are from a Norwegian 
address are uh -huh, extremely yeah. high, yeah. and uh, and uh, and you also if you if you for example sending it to to uh, to Europe or or US, yeah, you also want to. Um, send it uh, securely yeah, and well packaged yeah and then it's you know even more and expensive so mm. it's i don't think people can really hmm. afford it because you're paying you know you're, you're paying, paying more yeah you're paying more for the shipping like, yeah. cost than for mm. the book mm. um and uh, it doesn't really make sense yeah. for people and uh, um in germany for example you have this bücher sendung yeah which is like a super yeah, yeah, like uh, book book sending yeah, yeah, super yeah. cheap uh, way to uh, where you're allowed to send like one book yeah very very, very good yeah. price ah, yeah um and you don't have a because uh, where's your most of your audience is that in in Norway is um, it in Germany is in, it in, in German in Germany for the books Germany and the US yeah yeah and you you can't have like a stack of books in Germany and send it from Germany. Um, I'm sure I could have a stack yeah. of a lot of things in, yeah. in Germany, and uh, I've uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's maybe um, a bit too technical a question. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I mean, those things are possibly uh, possible. Yeah, yeah, if you could get somebody to do that for you, yeah. mm -hmm. I'm sure it's possible. Yeah, but it must have been cool to go to knock on these doors and get of the bookstores and getting a lot of no's, getting a couple of yeses, getting a couple of you know silences that's quite that's quite uh cool that you did that i think you know that you kind of took the effort to really walk well i mean think it's a um, much lower uh how do you say um it's accepted mm. i mean you wouldn't go to for example uh, a commercial gallery and uh, ask them hey can i show you some works yeah you probably wouldn't do that but for the for those small Especially for the independent run bookstores, yeah, I don't think it's. Uh, yeah, they don't um, have time or money to kind of search for problem. For I think, and yeah. and a lot of them also are. I mean, are really basing their uh, identity on those sort of books because many of those books are books that exist outside the normal mm -hmm. distribution system. Mm -hmm. So, so they're getting their customers also because the customers know they get that they could else? find books that they will never ever have seen anywhere. Mm. Uh, so that's sort of the balance between offering those weird, yeah. um, rare things and uh, also, you know, keeping a good quality, mm -hmm. good artistic quality. And yeah. I just browsed the one at Kinsasus the other day again. and uh, It's nice, it's nice it's there and it's yeah, very specific and very, uh, uh, yeah, they're, yeah, it's good to be part of that. Yeah, yeah. but I also see and notice sometimes um, relate to 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 this aspect of of offering those narrow, mm -hmm. rare books um, from unknown artists is that people will often often look at them and sort of like like them, yeah. but then next to it there will be a Bruce Nauman book, and they will buy, uh, that. and that's the one they will buy mm -hmm. because. That's sort of the familiar, mm -hmm. the safe mm -hmm. cho choice that you know they know they want to have. Yeah. That nice Bruce yeah, Norman book. They, won't, they don't know if they're and they're uh, happy with uh, Psycho Book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when they see the Psycho Book, they were like, okay, this is nice, but 
Not yeah, remember, yeah. Could, could you just tell something quickly about Psychabu? <laughs> it sounds um, like a very strange reference. <laughs> oh well, it's a uh, it's it's a book by the artist Benny Bischoff, mm. and um, I think it's a book about some of his previous uh, printed matter stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, his laser magazines are probably presented there. It's n- it's your book. It's my book, yeah. I, I have never really uh, looked at it so much. And uh, I think it's a lot of his works from a certain time as well. It's a it's a beautiful book and it's one of these eclectic books with all all different different things in there, but it's beautifully bound and but it's also published by a big publisher. It's like French hmm. Patrick Frey, right? No, there is from Switzerland, right? Let me just check. They had all the information in the book, right? It's Maison Standard. That's French. But it's concept and design and it's uh, Patrick Frey. Edition Patrick Frey. Yes. Zurich, yeah. Yeah, Switzerland. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you uh you s- you sold this book through the um, uh, the thing the uh, was it the Woche, the the art week like book week or what was it? Yeah, there? well, it was um when you guys were running Demon's Mouth, the yeah, yeah. Gallery the old Demon's milk, Mouth. Yeah. I did this book show there mm-hmm. and uh, Psycho Book was one of the works. Yeah. One of the about 100 books I think yeah yeah, yeah. there were quite some yeah mm. and uh, uh, yeah so this is um, uh, yeah so you you uh, so there you function not as 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 a publisher but as a distributor actually yeah well um, if I does that make sense or? yeah I mean um we tried to sell. I mean, we we asked the artists who who uh, who were participating mm-hmm. if they wanted to sell their books, mm-hmm. and uh, some wanted and some didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the books we were able to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and for example, we were able to sell um, a lot of the Norwegian artists to the library at the. Uh, Museum for uh, Contemporary Art. Yeah, huh. um, and uh, then there was some private persons who bought some of the other books, yeah. and uh, some I sent back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there, so so, but there, you, as you said, you were more uh, a distributor, or 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 how do you get into that role uh, in that that situation? Is that something you've always done to kind of present other people's books as well? Because you've done a couple of these book fairs and stuff, haven't you? Well, I mean, when I go to book fairs, I go with my uh, your publishing small press. Yeah. Um, Can you say the name? For uh, the it's called Multinational Enterprises. Mm-hmm. And um, I often um, share a table with Technisk Industry as well, yeah. with whom I've published. Yeah three or four books so um, so I don't I don't think you would call it distributing because you're basically just at the book fair selling them yeah. to the audience or presenting them to yeah. to the audience um, it's something more than distribution but it's, it's, so it's, 
Um, and I think that is, I mean, also sort of the core of the art book fairs yeah. is that you would often have the artists there and they would be selling their own works, ah. which is a pretty special, it's genuine very, yeah. situation mm-hmm. because normally you you wouldn't meet. get access to the authors. No? Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that's also a possibility to to really talk to mm-hmm. to the to the person behind the work, uh, which is a rare thing. Yeah. Um, and does the audience appreciate that, or do they come for that, or is it is it something that uh, yeah, how often how often uh, does that make sense? Um. Because I know with normal art fairs, sometimes it's good when the artist is present, but more yeah, often it's yeah, not yeah. good that the yeah, artist yeah, is yeah. present. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think the difference is that I mean, the price of a book would be yeah much lower than yes than the price of an artwork. So the stakes are not so high. Yeah. So the, so the situation doesn't feel that tense either. It's. Yeah. I mean, it's more uh, uh, quite a nice and uh, nice setting and not so stressful setting mm-hmm. um and uh but I'm, i mean when people meet when people who don't know each other meet mm-hmm. there might be some tension obviously and when this aspect of buying and selling yeah. is added to the pot yeah i'm sure there is some awkwardness some awkwardness <laughs> uh but from experience i can say that you have i mean you have different book fairs and um for example in berlin yeah people don't really buy oh yeah huh. um but they love to talk yeah. about the work yeah and also they love to do it for a very long time yeah so they would talk to you for 30 minutes and oh, they yeah. would like know everything the ty- what kind of typography what's the paper yeah. oh is it 100 or 120 gram and yeah, like yeah, yeah. be into all the details about the project and then they will say oh thank you and they, live and, they and they go and huh. which is also okay uh, but for example in america seems to be um a bit more consumer related yeah they would sort of like oh i like it i'll have it you know yeah. it's much easier they they would sort of have their credit cards ready uh, kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah and um so how come they don't buy in germany you have a theory on that um just a normal theory that you know the the myth of nobody having money in berlin and huh. um things like that um huh. yeah and they compensate with knowledge and talk yeah huh. yeah that does that makes that makes sense i guess so you've done mostly berlin and new york right um i've been in berlin new york london and la mm-hmm and no that's it hmm. Hmm. I think the computer's turning up yeah I, c- I could feel something yeah, yeah it was something <laughs> yeah, sorry about that yeah, yeah so uh, um, you say you like like America best with the book fairs or did you like do you prefer the German version and, and uh, maybe not financially but uh, um, no I think I mean I enjoy coming to all of them because you meet meet other publisher and mm. and um you meet other artists and you meet art book lovers mm-hmm. um it's always fun to get rid of some weight yes so that's always a good feeling uh 
and um, it's um, you know when you're standing 10 12 hours behind your at your stand yeah it's always good to to sell something because it's feel it feels good but yeah. um, and some of these fairs also have very extensive um, uh, seminars yeah um, and programs related to to books and to books yeah. which are also quite nice um, huh. yeah yeah, I guess. But I think there was actually a book fair misread last week in Berlin. Yeah. I've never been to yeah. that one. I, I've been there, but not 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 as a participant. As a participant, yeah, 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 um, I heard about it. Yeah, the people. So I think I think now in Berlin there's like three or four book fairs, which is oh I mean, wow. yeah, three or four too much. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. If they don't buy, then it's yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Huh. Huh. And because I I mean I'm just one person, so I don't have capacity to go to all of them. I no, I like no. to go to one maybe two a year yeah but that's enough for me yeah that's because uh, it, is, it is an expensive enterprise also to kind of travel and yes, bring your is, books yeah. and you know allocate all that time to to do it so uh, so it's better it's better gonna be fun and good mm. yeah so then you uh how long have you been going through these fair for like the last couple of years have you been doing mm, that from the start no i think the first one was 2013 yeah five years ago yeah yeah yeah. So you, yeah, then you've done about six, seven, so far. I guess, yeah. If you do one, two a year. Yeah. yeah that's also yeah. That's, uh, what we talked about earlier, kind of how to how to how to know where to get your your books to, and how to find your audience. I think how to find your audience is really the tricky part. Kind of to figure out hey, who who's interested and how can I reach them. Yeah. And, as you said already, you know you sell them through your website, of course. But as you said already, that that is not so effective in a way. Have you tried like others, other kind of internet-related things to kind of get the books out? Or um, I have a couple of books on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. But probably U.S. Amazon actually. Yeah. 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 And is that because uh, and does that work? No. No. No, because probably the audience doesn't look for for that specific. I, no, books. I, yeah. I, 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 isn't it that with these I kind just of books? I sold a couple of books there actually. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it that with these kind of books you kind of browse and you find out? Oh, this is interesting. I'm not sure. I mean, um, or do you, ha do you do you have you built up such an audience that they specifically look for you? No, I don't. I don't think so. I I think that's also the thing is when you if you do just one book. Mm -hmm. It just maybe disappears in the sea of all the other books. Yeah. Um, so, but maybe after a while, if you're lucky, you would be able to establish some sort of name or brand, or yeah. so people actually will start looking for it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would be the ideal thing, I guess. Um, is that something you work purposely towards, or is it something that maybe happens? Something or I should work <laughs> purposely towards, but I, I. I really do quite different books as well, mm -hmm. so they're not really unified in, in material technique or or aesthetical language. So, but don't you feel there's an underlying kind of cohesiveness? I mean, at least in your head, it could be as exact as a. Uh, yeah, there's a certain, definitely a certain tone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is that something you could kind of relate, you know, brand or something you could formulate, or is that something you have formulated, or? Um, no, 
Mm. Um, I would probably be the worst person to, to talk about branding <laughs> with. Uh, yeah, no, I, I've been thinking, as I said earlier, I'm really interested in this kind of diversifying. And that's also why I don't want to talk to you because you're, you know, as a visual artist, you kind of also extended your, your, your activities to like books and, and, and these kind of things. And, uh, you know, how do you, uh, what I said, how do you kind of diversify in order to kind of strengthen your, your, brand or thing or your mm. your, your I, I really don't think about it that way because for me books are just it's just another medium mm. it's like um yeah sculpture or photography or a book yeah. painting yeah. is a book so you just have to um work with it the way you treat mm-hmm. and work with all the other ideas and materials materials mm. um and um but nonetheless, yeah, I, I do understand what you're saying, you know, and and I completely agree with it. Uh, uh, but nonetheless, it is part of of the brand, which is uh, Svein, right? And yeah. and uh, um, and that you haven't formulated it doesn't mean that it's not part of the brand. Is just such a dirty dirty word, especially for artists. You know, we're not allowed to use it. You know, the the art committee said, or whoever determined that, but. But there is, uh, uh, you know, there is a diversity there, right? You yeah. don't just do photo, photo. You do, yeah, you do installations, you do sculpture work, you do books, you, you know, and and in that diversity, I think it's. Uh, no, that's why I'm also asking a bit further to see, okay, where where uh, where maybe are the the, the weaknesses in that? Yeah, because obviously you have a lot of strength in what you're doing. You know, we're, we're going through these, and you've figured out a lot of stuff. Yeah? Because you said to yourself, okay, you know, maybe I should should do that part more and I think that's also the interesting part okay the, the parts we should we think we should do more uh, but we for some reason don't and and uh, uh, I think those are interesting kind of how do we come to those conclusions that we don't do more that we uh, yeah we feel we should but we still yeah, don't prioritize it yeah. so do, do you have an answer that for for yourself kind of why do you why don't you uh, uh, prioritize that that's strategy part let's say like that I have never really been super interested in that part mm. and I also think that my lack of interest um, also um, makes me not very good at it Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're not very good at it, you're gonna fail anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, it's self-fulfilling in a way. Um, yeah, it's a loop and, almost. Um, and if I would know how to do it better, maybe I would. Um, no, but I recognize this very, very much not in myself, but also in others. You know, we all have these kind of you know where our interest stops and we know okay if we would have taken you know, like like my my achilles heels like this social media kind of presenting yourself there i just can't get myself to to do it yeah uh, you know i manage sometimes a bit but i just don't and i know i should do something with it but at the same time same as you said you know i don't have the interest so i will suck at it so it will be a waste of energy anyways right yeah and also i mean the social media thing it has its own algorithms mm. who really only work mm. 
if you're um, doing it the way they want you to do it. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're, probably they're like the aversion we have to these things or why we don't enjoy these kind of things is probably also because we're too aware that we have to conform to a system that is not our own. Does that make sense? Yeah, and also because you get bored by it because it's yeah. sort of so obsessive in your everyday. And uh, mm. and uh, I, I noticed that most or a lot of artists do it sort of half half heartedly, yeah. like myself, yeah. because you think that you have to, or yeah. it's sort of expected, and it's maybe um, also the only way yeah. you, you do those things today. Um, and uh, some people are able to completely stay out of it, yeah. somehow, yeah. Um, and getting a good sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's super f- fascinating. Kind of these, uh, yeah, where the the artistic freedom or the artistic individuality kind of clashes with, with kind of this grinding machine of reality or of of, of kind of everyday life and and rules that kind of are projected onto us. But uh, I mean, my interest comes from trying to looking for a way out for all of us artists, also kind of to to kind of try to fi- find these kind of weaknesses and why they're there and why we don't like them you know because i i recognize very much what you say in that like oh shit you know like this this marketing or strategy or branding or kind of structuring and these things uh, some parts are more interested than others but you know it's something that it's not in our nature right but why isn't it in our nature why can other people do it easily and succeed with it you know and I don't have an answer actually, but it's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You have to bring in more marketing, branding people to your podcast. Yeah, yeah, I should. I'm actually going to talk to somebody who comes from the business side uh, soon to talk actually about this kind of idea of, you know, how, how, why do, why do we, we suck at all these things as artists, you know? And the crazy thing is that we, we as artists create something out of nothing, right? Yeah, like you as a publisher, you make a book which hasn't been there before. You don't republish. You know, you make something completely unique, completely things, and you know the printer gets paid. Uh, you know the fair gets paid. Uh, you know the, the whole circus around it gets paid, and you're probably going to get paid the worst of all, if at all, right? Yeah. And why is that? You know, and you know, and. I don't. I don't believe you have an answer. I mean, if you do, please <laughs> tell. But, but uh, well, I'm gonna keep that that secret to myself. <laughs> no, I believe uh, so, uh, this is something. Uh, this is a quest I've been on for the last year to kind of figure out why that is. And and if I find the answer, I'm happy to share it also because I think. Um, I do also believe that's holding us back in kind of what we are able to express. Yeah, you know, because we we live in these kind of constrained environments where where we're pressed for time money resources and all that kind of stuff we you know that defines a lot of what we express you know yeah i think maybe even one quite simple answer to that question would be um uh, the um, would be uh, on the intersection between uh demand and uh offer mm-hmm and uh, what's on uh, what's offered mm-hmm. the the amount is so much bigger 
Det var den, den uh, the demand. So automatically when people over the years have sort of been uh, adjusted to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, this... they just keep on offering things. Mm-hmm. Although nobody wants it and since nobody wants it, nobody will get mm-hmm. get any economically benefits from it and um and people are willing to to keep on offering. Mm. Mm. So why are we willing to keep on offering, right? Oh, well that's because <laughs> we uh, we always think yeah. that we're going to break through. Yeah. And do you want to break through? Um, and how? Well, I mean, it's always um makes sense to sort of get more and more established. Yeah. In some way, I mean, doesn't have to have anything to do with breaking through or not, but um but I mean, you need to get some money in mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And unless you're unless loaded you're. with cash and um and if you, I mean, there is a certain hierarchy as well i mean and 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 you you get older mm-hmm. and new people come in mm-hmm. and things change and um at some point it makes sense to be more established yeah um and and but this can also happen on, on many many different levels yeah it um, often comes from a corner you didn't expect <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i mean um I had to work for 10 years to get into your podcast for example. Yeah, for example, yeah. <laughs> the famous Frido show. Yeah. <laughs> With all its 17 listeners. Uh, <laughs> 17k <laughs> listeners. Well, that that would be uh that would be something. Yeah, maybe one day. But I mean the good thing with this podcast I'm I so far as I know I'm the first in Norway who done like a artist to artist talk like really talk talk podcast long format. Now Kunstpotten has started. Okay. So from with Andre Gali and and some some other people, and uh, uh, but other than that, it's very kind of I'm on my own in this field so far. Yeah. Well, actually, I did a podcast just a couple of weeks ago. Maybe I'm uh, yeah. ignorant. With could with the uh, Milk Gallery. Yeah. Did they start a podcast now? Yeah. They did. Good. I'm so proud. Cool. I'll check it out. Yeah. No, I actually did hear about some rumors about that, but that was before they. Because they recently started, no? Yeah, I think I was the first one. Yeah, that's cool. I listened to it. I'm not sure if it's. Yeah, because you just did the show there, right? Yes. So uh, I didn't. I didn't. Unfortunately, didn't manage to see it. I'm very, very, very sorry. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, podcast <laughs> over. I'm walking out. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw it online. If that makes sense. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You showed quite a bit at Milk, right? Yeah, over the years. Yeah, no, no. I, I. It's actually uh, this was my second solo show there. Yeah. 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 But you did a book launch there too. Yeah, I did a double book launch. Double actually. book launch. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, mm. Yeah, they're great. These guys, they're doing good. And they've been they've been around the longest, I think, now for. for yeah. Now. Well, this is actually. Um, about to be 10 years yeah yeah next summer i think yeah or this summer or next summer. probably this summer this summer yeah probably yeah 
Mm. Well, I don't. They can throw a party. We'll come. <laughs> yeah. So they started a podcast now too. Yeah. So it, it will it will happen more and more. I hope. You know. And that's that's the cool thing. So in in so what I'm really just doing is collecting like a historical archive, you know, where where kind of all these podcasts they become more available over time because uh, yeah because through the years you talk to so many people and and even I I don't do that many a year maybe like six or seven at most but I've been doing it since 2013 as well so it adds okay up. so it's yeah. quite a number yeah. I think you're so I'm in the 30 30 you're probably 31 2 or something like that I have to check it out I should know these things but uh, <laughs> yeah no but it uh, it took 10 years of hard work for me also to to, to dare to ask you to come to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh, really nice you you could come um, uh, is there more we need to talk about we have as much time as we want. I'm not sure. Um, so when is your next book coming? Um, I'm working on on three books. I'm working on on uh, um, you know the reason why I started my publishing thing is my coffee table book. It's basically going to be an eclectic uh, eclectic collection of, of coffee table pictures of. No, the coffee table book just as a, as a metaphor for like a, a desirable book with you know what you flip through while you sit and wait for coffee coming. Uh, so I want to have this book which you have just lying where you can just leaf through and find interesting things. And this could be kind of woodworking tips, could be you know my own art, could be kind of a technical kind of solutions, could be um, uh, observations I have, could be writings and and try to kind of mix that into uh, an interesting kind of cacophony of craziness and visual spectacularity so that's one thing and then uh, I'm talking to uh, uh, to uh, um, to do this project with Hanan Ben Ammar a book about the Algiers uh, project you were in that no you were not in that one but uh, um, so we're talking to see if we can, if I can produce the book there. And then I'm uh, with a with a friend of mine. He just finished his PhD. We're trying to formulate a book which will be really text based, a bit uh, probably kind of dealing with the subject of of diversity, risk, and and why artists, you know, are 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 so fucked in the system we we created for ourselves, and if there's a way out. But maybe also something completely different. Where we want to write something together, where we uh, go into some kind of conversation, and, and yeah. So those are the three concrete uh, things I'm working on. Yeah. What's your next book? Um, I think probably it's going to be um, the third edition of a book that we published in 2016. Yeah. Um, we actually published it uh, or released it at the LA Art Book Fair yeah. in 2016 and um, it was very tight with time uh, producing it so it arrived directly in LA yeah so you had you couldn't I hadn't seen it before it. No. and um, uh, or not all I mean 
it's not the whole edition yeah. but the, the fin some of them for the fair and um then there were some things in the production that we were not really happy with yeah so we um we had to dis ship back the edition okay the whole edition the whole edition wow. except about 50 yeah which we you know sold in LA and I sold some in Berlin and yeah. so we have we had like 50 copies yeah and it was an edition of 400 i think or 450 so so the rest we had to ship back and destroy yeah and then um i did some changes um and um uh, some content related changes yeah. and some material changes with paper and cover yeah. and binding and we printed it again yeah. and um, this time we released it at the New York Art Book Fair yeah. and we had the same issue mm. where some things were not really 100% yeah. so um, I had to uh, ship back the whole uh, the whole thing again, thing oh. again except 50 about 50 <laughs> that we sort of some we sold um and that was the second second edition yeah first printing yeah and then we did the second edition second printing yeah um which i was not happy with huh. so we uh, sent it back wow was it just uh, the printer who, who messed up or um well i this there's been many many uh, yeah maybe we shouldn't kind of uh, variations of mistakes yeah but the last one was actually they printed the cover on the wrong side of the cover ah. so i have this special cover material yeah that was inversed ah. and um and that's i mean you cannot really pay for that no um no that is that's a proper mistake yeah, yeah. proper mistake um so so I've done, you know, first edition, one printing, second edition, first and second printing. Yeah. Um, some of the copies are out there because they've been sort of sold before yeah. before the edition's been pulled back. And uh, I've been doing some changes. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a third edition, hopefully like a full 500, yeah. 500 books and uh, hopefully this year. Yeah, cool. Nice. And yeah. it's also be, I mean the process is also so long because yeah. you're arguing with the printer yeah yeah of course and uh, that's why everything is so delayed yeah I can see that yeah I do actually have another question what is your process when you you know I mean from book to table so to say um so do, do you design it all yourself do you I've, uh, get designers involved? Do you, so do you take on more the producer role? Do you? Uh, no, I've 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 been doing uh, um, some variations on that. I've been working a little bit with designers. Yeah. Um. Um. Sort of cooperating. Yeah. I guess you can say that. Um, I have I have this idea. I want to do this. I want to use that material. I want to do this sort of setup and this size and um, then most of the books I've done <laughs> actually everything myself yeah um, the whole layout and uh, and the whole concept and uh, choice of materials and paper and things like that um, and this is because the books are different so some are very very simple 
Yeah. So you don't really need it, it's it's more designer. putting it together than, yeah, than designing, yeah. Because mm. the concept and the idea is mm. defining the yeah, the, the, the design yeah. and the materiali- materiality. Mm. But sometimes I like to work with designers also especially on typography. Mm. Things like that. Because it's not my that's a special field. Yeah. Uh, Super interesting, but it's although I know like some things, I also uh. took some actually some classes on that in Leipzig. Uh. So I have like some some basic, basic knowledge, here, which knowledge. is probably um, easier to communicate with. But I don't like have a library of uh. of different types in my head, for example. Yeah. Uh, so um, so that's also always you know something you need to define from book to book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also obviously a financial thing. Yeah, yeah. Of course, if you want to design her, you you have to pay for it. Pay him or her. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah. Uh, so, so, so what I do is, I mean. So then you take contact with the printer yourself and yeah. establish a working relation. No, no. That's I mean that's actually what you do when you're finished with the book, mm-hmm. or in the end. When you know what, how many pages, you know the paper, and uh, you know the b- binding. But how do you? Mer- how then do you, you d- then you just write the, the printers and you say, ask them for offer yeah. on, on that particular uh, okay. project. But um, uh, I mean, if you if you you know you find your specific type of paper, but then. The printer doesn't have that available. How do you deal with that? Uh, well, they have. They have. I mean, they have everything always. No. Well, I mean, I don't work with any like very fancy, no, fair papers. Uh, so, um, but I mean, they all order from the same, same, same yeah. <laughs> manufacturers. I assume so. Sometimes yeah. there's been like, okay, we don't have this paper, but we we can get it, but it will be like so much more expensive. No, it will be in eight weeks. Yeah. So then I've said, yeah, sure, no problem. You know, we just print yeah. eight weeks. Yeah. Or uh, so that's happened a couple of times that they can't really that that is sort of a waiting yeah. time right. um, on on paper. Um, but I, ha- I mean, I haven't been using any super weird papers. Oh. No, <laughs> probably smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I I think it's. Um, from from the bigger suppliers mm. you can get you can easily get the tests and yeah. and things like that so it's so it's easy for you to you know get, get a, a yeah, yeah get a sense of the paper as well yeah um and are you that far that when you have a book you can recognize the type of paper a bit or uh, is it a, yeah sometimes yeah, yeah probably yeah. but there are many really similar types as well yeah um and um um yeah mm. Mm. so how long is the process from start to finish from start to printed book uh, of course that's different of so, yeah, but, but I mean if you're on a good roll you kind of uh, it's, mm, it's often super long <laughs> a year maybe yeah. at least yeah a year to two years something like that sometimes two years yeah uh, yeah it's a big commitment but sometimes it's super fast mm. <laughs> yeah yeah my, as I said, my first book I I I produced in in a week, I think. Very soon. I printed and bound because I could do everything myself. So I I could manage my time. I just had to kind of put in the hours, and it worked out. But uh, 
Yeah, because but as soon as you can depend on more people, more kind of partners, then yeah, it, you know it adds up real fast. Yeah, but what I do, I mean, I, I do the uh, I do sort of work quite a lot with the format of the mm. book. Mm. That usually takes quite a time to define uh, the size. Yeah, um, and if it makes sense um, related to the content, to the images or the yeah. or the texts, and. Um, when I've been able to decide that, I start with the layout, mm-hmm. and that's yeah, I usually work quite a while with that, and then I also just always print. I print it out. Yeah, to make a dummy. To yeah, make a test to just test sort feel of it, the yeah. feel, the the you distance s- between images, yeah. and uh, you see mistakes you couldn't see on screen, or or which you just need to. Yeah, and mm-hmm. not so much about much about mistakes. It's more about seeing uh, the, the relationship of mm-hmm. of the size of images mm-hmm. to each other and to the format. And sometimes I do like super small changes. Like mm-hmm. um, I re- I remember actually, for example, this book, a sudden drop, which yeah. consists of seven hundred and forty three images. Yeah. And um, when I printed the dummy, I realized that I had to. Um, um, change the distance between the images with 0.6 millimeters. Yeah, which sounds it, it sounds uh, like nothing, but, but it was it's really yeah. uh, so. It's 1.2 mil in total. Yeah, so it was really important for the yeah. for the pages for the layout. Yeah. So always just working. It's yeah. just working. Yeah, keeping it going. Yeah. So which part do you enjoy most? Uh, sending them back the printer when I don't like the, uh, the print uh, being a hardest hey god damn it no I think um, I, I enjoy many of the parts mm. during the doing the whole process yeah yeah it's a fun it's a, it, there's something magical at the end having having like a physical book you know because uh, I'm, I'm obviously a book lover you know uh, and you know, I've been always in libraries. I'm trying to build my own library, and and uh, and uh, and there's something the feel of this object of a book, and that you suddenly kind of made one of these objects you have in there. I think it's quite magical. Don't you think? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's always good to smell the yeah, smell the ink, the ink, yeah, the fresh ink, and that. Uh, oh, it's pretty cool. Uh, and that's also the cool thing yeah because that was the other question I have how do you deal with digital do you make digital editions or or do you just Um, keep that I have I've been actually um, printing both offset and digital yeah no but I mean a a digital version of of the publishing uh, what do you mean, like a dummy? Like a PDF or like a online book or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the PDF always exists. Yeah, but that's do you make you it use. available or? Do no, you? Yeah. I've never, I never made it available. No, mm-hmm. haven't really thought about it. I know some publishers do, do these eBooks now. Um, mm-hmm. Also, art art books as eBooks, um, but I, have, I haven't uh, tried that. Yeah. No, I was really interesting to see kind of what your is that a is this a, a um, I say just an accidental choice or is it something you kind of consciously? Do? No, I haven't. I haven't thought about it. I haven't you know really mm. investigated that part. No. Um, 
I think, I mean, you, all, I always, you always do the documentation of the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not the whole book, but, but you know, 10 ten, ten double pages. Yeah. So that people can see. See what they see do. It. The way, yeah. But um, um, yeah. I haven't really uh, tried. I was just wondering, because of course there is also an, another distribution channel where you kind of cut down all that, that shipping and where you, uh, where you, uh, I'm also very interested because I prefer the physical object over PDF. I have, I've, I don't know how many PDF books and stuff. I hardly ever look at them. Well, you know, like a physical book, I pick up constantly. So there's something, something that's lost, of course, in in, in there. I think PDF, like digital books, are really good when just if you just want to kind of give information about something, a subject, you want to learn something or. But as soon as it's image involved or something like ideas that are more valuable than and that you might want to read a couple more times, you know, the object I think is much, much more important. And also the kind of the impracticality of an object, so like yeah, ship it around. And yeah, I mean the the digital book sort of comprises everything into the same. Mm same feeling yeah you, you get like a list of books and they all look the same and one can have like you know uh, just images big but you know they're all going to be the same size anyways on your screen yeah right? yeah. yeah and also you, you have less control but nonetheless it's, it is a media which uh, which is available on people like magazines that I read as PDF that that works better better but uh, hmm Mm. Yeah. So, what is um, so away from the book? So, what is the art project you're working on at the moment? Um, is there a project you're working on? Yeah, I'm actually doing, uh, trying to do layout on a couple of books, and uh, and uh, then there's a show at Christian uh, Sandkunsthall in September. Cool. Yeah. That yeah. That, how big is that space? I have no idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a group show so oh, I mean yeah, the space yeah, is um, yeah. is generous I would say yeah. I've just seen pictures it seems yeah. seems, quite big, yeah. seems quite okay who are you showing with? Um, there is a number of artists actually there is um, some of them will be in the in the white cube yeah like me yeah and then there will be other artists uh, spread around doing things connected to the library yeah because the library uh, the oh, is, is, is in the same building yeah and um, some will be doing things I think also outside of the, of the, the venue yeah. venue yeah. yeah so yeah. I think there's all in all 16 artists oh wow or 15 yeah. that's cool yeah what do you um, you're gonna show some photo work there or are you gonna gonna do some book related well to it's uh, gonna be collages yeah cool 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 exciting Cool. Um, I think we have it for today. All right. All right. I uh, hope uh, hope you enjoyed and uh, thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. More than welcome. Cool. Cool. Bye. Bye.